Welcome to Casa de Cambio. On this episode of Casa de Cambio, I have a guest, probably one of my favourite change managers in Melbourne, Wendy Gripston. Welcome, Wendy. Hi, Tash. Thank you so much. Um, how's your week been? Uh, it's been really good, actually. Busy and um, lots of fun things and some good things at work this week. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good week. Excellent. And one thing I ask everyone who comes onto the podcast, what are you currently watching on TV, reading or listening to? Um, yeah, I uh, currently am watching or I've just finished watching a show on Netflix called The Stranger. I saw that and I wasn't sure. Should uh, I get into it? <laughs> yes. Okay, because I saw it and went, mm, I don't it's know. It's a little, um, little slow. It's fast and then slows up, but stay with it. It's... Um, Fabulous. All right, I'll give it a go. I, um, <laughs> I'm not ashamed. I'm <laughs> it's a bit trashy, but I've been watching Dolly Parton's Heartstrings. Oh, I loved that. I love Dolly. Yeah, and it, yeah. I've started watching it and went, this is actually really, it's not the most quality television program you're ever going to watch, but I'm addi- I was addicted to it. So yeah. I actually watched the last episode yesterday afternoon and she's in a lot of them. And She's great. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I love Dolly so much. So yeah. happy to share that one with you. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good one for me. Um, any books that you're reading at the moment? Um, yeah, look, I've just finished Becoming by Michelle Obama. And um, again, I thought it was absolutely amazing yes. and wonderful. Um, just uh, resonated with me because, um, you know, for somebody who I look up to and admire, she is um, very much from a similar you know background and um yeah I just love her I love her approach to life um I love her thoughts and the things that she shares with people so I would highly recommend that one as well yeah I really want to read that any key takeaways um from that book that you had um I think to me the main takeaway was just how similar um Michelle's upbringing and life is to us she's just like us she's got some amazing quotes and of course not one of them is in my mind at the moment but um yeah she's just a a a beautiful person with a really good approach to life and um yeah and a very similar upbringing to many of us wonderful all right I'm gonna add that well it is already on my read list I might just bump it up yeah (laughs) Um, and what's the best piece of career advice you ever received? I've gonna, I'd like to share two with you today. Actually. You can share as many as you want. <laughs> <laughs> one of them was from one of my very first um, bosses, uh, as or you know, as I looked on as a mentor actually. Um, mm-hmm. And she said to me, "Always remember and respect the people that you meet on the way up the ladder." Yeah. Because it's a long, lonely ride down without them. And I really thought that that was great advice. Mm. Um, And, you know, we all think about that and respecting people. But sometimes I've seen, um, you know, not so good examples of people forgetting who helped them on the way up the ladder. So, yeah, Mm. that's that's a piece of advice I try and keep with me all the time. Yeah, or pretending it was all them on the way up and not acknowledging (laughs) and, and, you know, taking time to say, oh, actually, I couldn't have done it without. Correct. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. What's the Um, second one? The second one is... um, Especially in the change space, um, I've found this to be probably the best advice I've been given and the number of times people have told me how much it resonated with them when I've shared it is sometimes the only control you have in a change situation is the way that you respond to it. Mm. And I think that sounds really simple, but sometimes it is, you know. The simplest advice is often the best (laughs) advice. And I think the thing about it for me is you do have control over change. A lot of times people feel like they don't. 
but just by the way that they respond to it is is how they can control it for themselves. Mm, wonderful, wonderful. So, Wendy, you're currently working at Telstra Health as yes. a Change and Communications Manager. I am. And I used to work at Telstra, which I think yes. everybody <laughs> knows, uh, and that's where we met. And I remember, it must have been four or five years ago now, you came and did this amazing presentation about successful communications <laughs> to when I was in retail to a lot yes. of the people in retail, and I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. Thanks, Tasha. Um, and that's why I wanted to invite you on to talk about successful communications because I see you as someone who really knows how to do it and really nails it. <laughs> Thank you. That's lovely. You are so welcome. <laughs> um, so getting into communications, I mean, I'll start, I guess, at the beginning is what are some of the aspects that you think uh, make a communication successful? I think number one is always about understanding your audience. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to write communications and to write messages, but sometimes they fall a little flat because you haven't really considered who your audience is. So first and foremost, that is the number one thing for me. It is about doing your stakeholder analysis, but it's understanding your audience. It not, it's not just knowing who's in it. It's what do they need to know. It's the old uh, what's in it for me. Yes. Um, I think if you can tackle some of those things as early as possible, they will help you build your comms plan and, and also make sure that you are communicating to an audience so that they get it and they understand it. Um, I think non-technical language for non-technical audiences is yes. critical. And we lose sight of that. We're so busy explaining. Using our project jargon Correct, and all of yeah. that acronyms. <laughs> Correct, mm -hmm. yeah. And people going, what's yeah. a go live? I don't know what that means. Yeah, and keep it simple. Well, actually, I have an example of that at work uh, on Friday. So it's a couple of days ago. Um, we have, you know, an agile, I'm not sure if I would call it a transformation, but we've got agile coaches in. And yes. um, there's a lot of encouragement for, you know, they want the business to be more agile. There's teaching people to use uh, agile techniques, and in our t our team is a team of project professionals. So there's mm -hmm. me, change person. There's project managers. There's testing people. Uh, the, you know, BA, all of the types of roles that you'd expect to see. And we have varying levels of uh, experience, exposure to, and proficiency with agile. So there was one person we were discussing it in our team meeting, and one person said, "It to me, it seems like a buzzword." Because that person, you know, he had also previously said, I don't really know anything about it. I'm really keen to learn. Right. But, you know, for someone who doesn't know anything about Agile, when people keep saying Agile, it's like, well, what does that mean? I don't know what it means. Whereas Absolutely. somebody who has maybe a certification or has worked in those environments or has been through an Agile transformation has a much clearer view. Mm. Uh, that's so true. And yeah. it's it just rolls off the tongue and it rolls through your thinking. So it is really important to make sure your audience... Yeah knows what you're talking about. Yeah, and not yeah. assuming that's right. that people already know or assuming that no one has the skill. Hmm. Yes, that's the other thing. Um, I think something else for me around that is clarity on the project. I think, um, you know, as a change manager, you don't have to be an expert on the project, but you need to be clear on what it is and what's happening and what the outcome will and be. why we're doing it. Why we're doing it. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Um, Yes. That's a common one that happens. You go, okay, I'm going to write a comm. So the first thing, why are we doing this? And people yeah. are like, tumbleweeds. Yeah. And one of the things that I do is I always speak with the project lead and the project manager about why we're doing it and then mm. build the comms around that. Um, and that seems like a simple thing to do, but in the rush to get comms out, we sometimes forget about 
asking a few people why we're doing it and then melding the answers together. Mm. Mm. And I think that probably the last thing I would say on um, successful communications is really just about those simple and clear messages. Yes. You know, you want people to be able to pick them up. You don't write a piece of comms just to put it out there on the ether. You actually want people to do something with it. Mm. So keep it simple, keep it clear. Yeah, I try to say to people when I'm putting together, because do you ever find sometimes stakeholders are like, oh, and, you know, this, and can we also yes. mention blah and Z and A, B, C, G, E? And you're like, okay, I always say, look, there's key message number one yeah. and then there might be a sub message Correct. and that's kind of it. Like that's Correct. all people are going to take in. If you try and talk about 12 different things, you're going to have this massive, massive and people get confused and they won't read it. One hundred percent. Yeah. So agree with you there. Um, that was all very good advice. Um, what are some common mistakes that leaders or change managers or or people leading projects make around communications? I think one of the things that happens a lot of the time is, um, and I'm going to say in an agile environment, this um, can be even more tricky. Is mm. sometimes they don't think comms are necessary. As in, they oh. do the initial comms, but then they don't always follow it up. Um, and as we know, once is not enough yeah, for most people. Yeah, and you've got to keep communicating That's and right, letting people yes. know. And it does take a few times for the message to sink in. Yeah. And, yeah. and similar to what I was saying um, earlier, they don't position the information for the audience. So it's a standard comms that leaders and change managers sometimes um, think can go across a number of audiences. Mm. That's that's right for, as you said, those one to two or three top key messages. But what else do we need people to know, you know, and what does it – what's uh, going to resonate for that particular audience? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think the other thing that um, we don't always get right is we don't address any issues or we don't let people um, know, on the other hand, that there's nothing to tell them. So mm. people operate in a bit of a void and that's as bad as as anything really. So yeah, it's a I've bit of a balance. I've had some experiences where people want to – they don't have new information so they want to keep communicating the same old information. Yep. And it's like, oh, we've said that a few times <laughs> now. Um, yes. Maybe, yeah, like you yeah. just said, we could say, look, there's no update. Nothing still new. working on it. Yeah. Um, you know, we and haven't forgotten – yeah, <laughs> to what we've already told you, rather than repeating it. Because again. then people start to switch off and get annoyed. They do. They're like, "You keep saying that. Now I want to know about. You know, I've absorbed that message. I want to know the next steps and or X, Y, Z. And correct. You know. And people can become suspicious for no. Yeah, why are they telling need. us? That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Any other pitfalls to avoid? Um, I think they're my main ones. Um, I do think sometimes we, in the rush. To be agile, um, we do forget to communicate as well as we can. So I think it's just remembering that you do need to continue to communicate as you move through a program. Mm. And you need to reassess your plan and who's who's talking about yeah. what's happening. And I think with agile being so much more collaborative, yes. um, when you're in the thick of that collaboration, whether you're in the squad or you're in, mm. you know everything that's happening – but you need to think about the people who are outside of that. That's right. Who are not going to daily stand-ups. Exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because, yes, I think sometimes project teams and, – and this is a waterfall. This happens in waterfall environments. That it project does. teams might get their blinkers on and because you're talking about the change or you're living and breathing the project, you kind of 
forget that other people know nothing about it and you Correct. need to yeah <laughs> and you ca- or maybe you start just assuming that everyone knows about it because this is what I talk about all day that's Why right don't you know about it yeah um so yeah really good advice so we're now in an age of social media where we've got yammer we've got things like slack um what's another one there's chatter on salesforce how has that changed and then we've got linkedin and, and facebook and you know all the other twitter all the other social media tools even tiktok now yes um how so has much. that changed how we go about communicating our changes in a corporate world i think um Obviously now it's a constant cycle of communication Mm. and it's also um, individual-led communication a lot of the time. So your messaging isn't always going to be on point. Um, And I think uh, there's also, though, the advantage of having those many different channels. So I think um, your communication activity needs to consider the channel itself and who sends the message out. And again, there's that bit where you can't actually control some of the messaging. Mm. but you also can bring people in and get them telling the story as well and not having it just with one person in an email, for example. Um, I think one of the benefits of, um, you know, Yammer or something like that is it does actually bring about a conversation. Yes. So you can post something and mm. then ask people for comments. You can receive comments that you didn't ask for um, but it helps build a richer conversation I think and uh, a richer plan to communicate overall. Yeah because it's two-way communication and there is the opportunity for everyone to be involved. Yes. What about when you've got low take up of things like Yammer because I know Mm. um, you know I've worked in a few different parts of Telstra and in some areas everyone was on it and then it really works really well and Mm. others you might have about 30-40% which means that I think the big um, the big thing there for me is uh, it's not your only channel. Yes. So you can't just rely on Didn't you see Yammer. Yammer? Yeah. <laughs> we put it on Yammer. And people are busy. Like when I'm busy, yeah. I don't look at Yammer. Correct. <laughs> so, you know, I get um, a lot of feedback um, and I'm, I'm sure everybody does as a comms or change uh, person within an organisation. We don't have time to read email. We didn't get that Yammer post. Oh, no, mm. I didn't see that. That's okay, but that's about constantly thinking about how and what am I communicating? Is it time to get a leader to bring people together and yep. have a conversation? Some talking points and together. be careful not to, to rely on your, as I call them, the well, I guess the non-face-to-face channels are the easiest way to describe them, you know, because they've all got a really good use but they've also got a limit. So I think you have to be really careful that, again, you're not just relying on Yammer um, and you, you're using a multi-channel approach, including bringing your leaders in. For face-to-face conversations and, yes. you know, water cooler chats, all of those types of things that we've used in the past that they haven't gone away. Mm. Um, I think they're still a really important part of it. Awesome. Um, so you talked a little bit about leaders and, you know, bringing them, them in to help lead the change and uh, pass on communications. So what do you recommend that leaders do to effectively communicate change to their teams? Mm. So um, I, w- I remember going to a presentation by John Cotter many years Did ago you? now. Yes, the man uh, himself. Gurus, yes. Wow! And he was asked how do leaders lead change? What's the best thing that they can do? And he said simply, they lead. 
And I think that's the most important thing and it's such a simple statement. Mm. But a leader must lead the change. So from a communications perspective, you know, we've got all the cliches of walking the talk and doing what has to be done to share the message, but it really is about that. And it's about, um, as a communications expert, what are the three things, for example, that you give your leader every week to share with people? How do you want your leader to share them? So it's that constant... Uh, you know, you can't just have a comms plan, uh, hand it to your leader at week one and say, here's your plan. You know, <laughs> I think it's that constant <laughs> toing and froing. If your leader's not leading, what can you do to make that happen? Yeah. And that can be a little bit daunting. I, I, I totally understand that. But as mm. you build skill and as you become, you know, more comfortable and experienced and you, kn- you know the leader a little better, um, what are the ways that that leader finds are the best way to communicate but it's also about sometimes saying, you know what, that's really good. I think we could also do this. So mm. I think it's about mixing it up. Always for the leader, um, it is really important that they seek feedback too. So, um, you know, set some time up for the leader to talk to a few people. Yep. Um, I think we can fall into the, um, not a trap, but into the practice of um, the communications or change lead doing all of the feedback mm-hmm. seeking. And I think that's an important thing for a leader as well. well. And even sometimes being expected to be the sender of or deliverer of communications, which it shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't even know who we are. That's (laughs) that's exactly right. I actually think the best role for a change leader. I can't remember if it was Lena Ross or Dr. Jen Fram, but I saw um, an analogy that they shared on LinkedIn and they said that the leaders, like they used a concert analogy and the leaders are the rock stars. Yeah. And the change managers are the roadies. So That's we're exactly the ones right. going in and <laughs> plugging in all the equipment and yeah. if something it doesn't isn't land, we quickly in the background, you know, run and fix it and you know That's have right. our heads down so no one sees us. Um but yeah, like I, I have found in the past, not so much recently, I think leaders are becoming to understand that they need to lead change a bit better. I think so, yes. But I have come across uh, leaders and sponsors who go, well, I have a change manager, so I, they didn't expect that they were going to have to do any of that. Mm. And I'm like, no, no, you, you I'm literally going to yeah. write the email. I'm yeah. going to put it in your hand. I'm yeah. <laughs> but you have to hit send or you your PA has to, to do it. it yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. Um, that's some really good advice on how leaders can lead and how we as change and project professionals can support them. Yes. Um, so we talked a little bit before about email. Like how do you feel about email as a form of communication? Uh, look, there's still a place for email, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. What, what is that place? <laughs> <laughs> as one of your communication channels yeah it cannot be the only one mm-hmm. the other thing about email is it must not be four to five pages long no send a link you to a have page a on the internet and or make sure you've you know. got analytics on that page absolutely so right. you can look at how many pick and then go back and say look that's no exactly one's looking right. at this page yeah that's so true <laughs> yeah. we, we definitely need to get better at that um i think um yeah keep it really short again what are those key messages what and what's the call to action because I think mm. email, f- of anything, is a really good um, place to, to put your call to action in. What do you actually want people to do with the information? Mm. And I also think email is really good for the big announcements yes. or the executive announcements. Yeah, agreed. But the detail, mm. um, not so much. And yeah. it needs to be used sparingly um, and, and with restraint because we yeah. know that 
most a lot of people don't read emails there. No, they don't. No, they and don't. if it comes <laughs> from people they don't know, they just delete it, or they might read the first couple of sentences. Yeah. And I have had a number of experiences where people think, well, I sent an email, so therefore the change is implemented. Why aren't blah, blah, it's not mm. my problem if people don't read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that we can't do that anymore. That's um, that's something that actually is so detrimental to our change programs. Mm. Um, and people react when something happens. Like, oh, we got to send a comms out, and it's like, wait, 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 wait. What what's happened? And then correct. And then yeah. people get frustrated with me because I start asking all these questions, and I'm like, well, what we really need is <laughs> a completely yes. different thing based on what the problem is. But people react and think, oh, we just need to send a we'll comms. Or just send a comms or send an email. And then two days yeah. later, let's send another comms. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the other thing to be aware of or something that I like to ensure is if you've got a big announcement, uh, your your email communication should almost be your secondary Like the backup. Follow-up. Like you have a face-to-face. Correct. And then you can yeah. back it up with an email that has FAQs yeah. and Correct. all the uh, supporting documentation. Things that all mm. of the uh, comms and change people have worked really hard on with the leaders. Make sure that that gets sent out afterwards as a backup and an intranet page, all of those things. But mm. don't use your email as the first time somebody would hear about a big change. Never. Yeah. Never. I think everyone knows that, but just in case... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what are some of the things we should consider when we're getting ready to communicate a change? Well, I think we've touched on a lot of them, but mm. um, as we know, repeating the message is really important. Um, <laughs> the audience, who is this going to? Yeah. Who's going to be impacted? Who is not necessarily impacted but needs to know? Mm. So I think, again, in your stakeholder analysis, include that wider audience. Yep. May not need the full message, but yep. they're going to want to know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also, um, what are the impacts? It, it, it's very hard to be clear if you're being really vague. Yeah. So, so <laughs> one, why are we doing this? Yeah. What's changing? Correct. What's the impact to me? What's the impact to my team? Yes. And you may not be able to provide all of that information straight away, mm. but you can say that. It's okay to say, you know, this is what we know now and we'll and continue. And we're working through correct, these yeah. things. We know there's yeah. going to be impacts, but we're working yeah. through all of Yeah. Yeah. And we'll share that with you. And then follow that up, of course, because um, yeah, you can't there's leave nothing people worse hanging. than not knowing when you've told people there's going to be a change. Yeah. And then everybody's worried and waiting to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. And the only other thing um, is making sure your leaders are engaged. Yes. And making sure that they are, you know, um, we always do a pre-briefing with the leaders. Uh, mm-hmm. Make sure that they have everything they need. What are their fact sheets? What are their FAQs? Um, just to make sure that they are as an engaged leader as they can be and that people can see that they're genuine in what they're saying and how they're conveying the change. Yeah, and that they're feeling supported by the change as well and they 100%. have the tools that they need to then lead the change with their yeah. teams. Yeah. Yeah, good one. Um, so do you have any advice on how communications, we may have touched on this, but how they might should be tailored to different stakeholder groups? Again, I think it's about knowing your audience mm. and you can't roll out the same message um, at the highest level that's okay, but you do have to tailor your messaging to mm. different audiences. And again, it's about the, um, uh, I always say it is a bit cliched, but it is still about the what's in it for me. What do I need to know? And it's about two things for me. It's what do I need to know so I understand what's happening and what do I need to know to take action or the next step? Mm. They're the two pieces that I always 
um, feel that we should be answering for each different group. So that's what my tailored communications are all about, is to those different audiences and answering those two questions predominantly. Cool. And do you have any advice on um, creating a comms plan or sharing your comms plan with your stakeholders? There's always a need for a communications plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, with your leader, it could be just in your head. <laughs> yeah. It could be a few notes jotted down. It could be actually taking advice from your leader. But I think for me, um, after you know many years now in the industry, you still need a communication plan. Mm. I think the important thing to uh, think about is what does it need to be for the audience and for the leader. Mm. So it may not need to be a 20-page plan. Mm. It may be one page with key messages, actions for the leader, actions for employees, you know, actions for the impacted group. Um, But I do think it's important and it's always important to share information. Mm. Um, And as we were talking about earlier, if you're right in the um, inner circle of the project, you know exactly what's happened – really important to never lose sight of the fact that others who are impacted don't know all of that information. Mm. So making sure that that's shared, you know, on a regular basis. And those tailored messages as well as your top three that you can share right across the board. Great. Do you have any other words of advice for people out there who are trying to get better at communications? Um, A piece of advice that was given to me a long time ago was put yourself in the other person's shoes. Yeah. And I think um, that can always help you. If you're a bit stuck or you don't know what to say, um, even just sound off um, with someone else in your team. Say, how does this sound or what would you say if this was the situation? Mm. Um, and always think about your intended audience yep. and what will that message mean to them. Yep. Will Great. it want them, uh, leave them wanting to know more? Will it leave them confused and bewildered? And I think that's probably the critical piece in communicating always. Yeah, we'll leave them doing the thing we've asked them to do. Yes. <laughs> will they read it? Will they consume it? Yeah. Exactly. And keep it short. Don't don't make it, um, you know, two or three pages because people will read two paragraphs and that's it. Or as I've been told, the preview pane on your email, for example, mm. that's about all people will read. So yeah. what are you going to tell first them in those first couple of yeah. pages? Subject yeah. line. Yeah. I might, subject line, they may open it if may. they... Like what yeah, they're <laughs> interested in what the subject line exactly. says. Um, oh, I was going to add, oh, that's right, a little piece of advice from me that um, I'm always really keen on um, let's just be real and upfront in our comms. Absolutely. Um, if people are going to be impacted and there is some bad news, let's just tell it like it is. We're all adults and I feel yeah. like sometimes there's a real hesitance um, from leadership to want to communicate anything that's difficult or bad. It has to be this project's so great and it's gone so well and, you know, I think, well, let's acknowledge when something's been a real challenge or let's acknowledge yeah. that maybe our business conditions are affecting us and we've got to make some changes yeah. because it actually helps people get on board with whatever we're doing. They go, well, I understand because people read the news. They look at share prices. They Correct. see what's going on with their leaders and what's happening within their business. So I think, yeah... Don't sugarcoat it and if you've got some stuff that you need, just get it, rip off the band-aid and get it out there I rather than more. dancing around it. Yeah, <laughs> trying to make it a good news story if it's not. Yeah, it's you can be, um, as I like to say, you can be gentle but clear that mm. things will change. 
Yeah, yeah. I've worked with a couple of people who are just masters at. I'm a. I could be a bit blunt sometimes, <laughs> but I've worked with some people who are just masters, at, and these are people who have been my managers. They're absolute masters at very directly saying what they need to say, but doing it in a way that's so gentle and so yes. nice that you don't get upset or put offside. But then later you think about it and you're like, wow, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're people who I usually take notes from. It's a fabulous skill. Yeah. Mm. But everybody can build that skill. I truly believe that uh, communications is an art, but it's something that we can all build and be better at. And do it, learning how to deliver those messages is one of the key pieces of that for us, but also for our leaders and people that we are having actually deliver the messages. Mm. Mm. Wonderful. Well, Wendy, it's been an absolute delight having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming along. Thank and you, um, guys, if you enjoy the content uh, that I'm putting out as part of this podcast and you listen to it via Apple Podcasts, uh, it would mean a lot to write a review. Uh, it helps the podcast to be seen and uh, it helps it get out there. So, yeah, if you enjoy it, write a review. Um, otherwise, it's available on all other places where you get podcasts. But thanks again, Wendy. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Tasha. I've loved every minute. Thanks for inviting me on. You are so welcome. Bye. Bye.